0: Welcome everybody to our uh, version, our next version of our series from Canada CFOs and Bruce Singer on the health food, natural food industry and wellness. Uh, today we have, and they'll be short again, 15 minutes, 20 minutes is our is our—is theme. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful guest today. Uh, thank you, Janice Barkley, for being my guest and our guest today on this, on this webcast. Uh, Janice is the founder of food, Foodpreneur. Uh, Janice Barney's founder, of Foodpreneur, which is on a mission on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Janice is going to tell you a lot about it. We got some great stuff here today, and uh, so Janice, first tell us about tell us about Foodpreneur. Where? How did it start? What, what's going on? <laughs> thank,
1: well, thank you for having me, Brian Bruce. Um, so, so, Foodpreneur Lab was started in uh, 2019, um, really out of a necessity of creating a resource and supports for. Uh, underrepresented communities who were looking to launch food products into the food ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And um, what was blatantly evident was the lack of representation in that space for a myriad of reasons, which we'll we'll get into later. But um, definitely there uh, was a demand, especially as we see the growth of, of food within, within the uh, food sector as well, and on the innovation side. And so um, we wanted to participate. And so here, here we are uh, creating a pathway to give people the opportunity to either live out their dreams and their ideas, but more importantly, um, to create sustainable resources and knowledge to support them in that journey.
0: Okay, so diving further, Foodpreneur—it's an incubator. It's an, and you what do, you, what, do you, what exactly do you do for them? Like, what exactly? You...
1: So, Foodpreneur Lab provides education, and and we're not a huge fan of the the, the term incubator per se because we refer to <laughs> we refer to what we do as pathways, and by definition, a pathway is a plan of action. And Thank so, you. what we do is we we map out from Start, which is if you have a food idea and you want to get from your idea to prototype. And then we have a second path, which is called scale, um, where you currently have a product in the market. But you're looking to get to the next level, whatever it is, you as a food entrepreneur decides what that is. So so our approach is very different where we really focus on acknowledging the lived experiences of food entrepreneurs as well, because that's very important in terms of designing a community where they're comfortable sharing their ideas and, and, and increased participation. Um, and um, and providing the knowledge base that's actionable, just not, just not for the sake of having the knowledge, but that knowledge is tr- being trouble-used and troubleshooted as they're going through the journey as opposed to having it after the fact okay. when they finish it. So that's okay. what makes it different.
0: Okay, and I want to ask too, because uh, I've noticed like I do... I think we shared. I, I I personally have a lot of passion for the, the natural food space and what I call yes. the innovative, the innovators, the innovative which which you which you are part of that ecosystem. Uh, either I'm dreaming of Technicolor, or when I look at the CEOs, and I'm not knocking it.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
0: very there's very low black, low bipoc I use the word biPOC representation. Yeah. In entrepreneurship, um, and I just I I. I, I I don't know why it's like that. And I'm not questioning why I just don't understand. Can you can you, well, can you shed some light on really sure. what, what brought it, what's going on? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, historically, if you, if you look back, we don't even collect data on numbers of, of, uh, of BIPOC communities and businesses. So one that's, that's part of the issue, because if you don't track it, how do you determine or identify what the need is? secondly, we, we've had very um, fragile relationship with financial institutions where traditionally and historically we do not get loans either for the lack of uh, assets collateral that we don't have because we have not been allowed to participate in certain spaces and places. And and I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying this to rub anybody the wrong way, but, yeah. you know, um, the colonialization of, of things that have happened. This is part and parcel of the effect. So we really have to acknowledge the history and why, and, why and where we are. You know, not to knock absolutely. anybody. And so and so when you look at that, if if we don't have assets and sufficient assets to leverage, and we're not getting loans, then we're at a disadvantage in terms of of having the tools and resources to participate. That's that's just the ugly truth. And so this is why you see so so low numbers. Um, You know, we're we're dealing with other issues, you know, food insecurity. Um, And, you know, you can call it food insecurity today, but the reality of it is food insecurity by any other name has (laughs) existed globally for the longest while. So renaming it, you know, might make others feel better. But there, there, there is a, a poverty issue that has always, yep. you know, been threaded. So, so let's, let's acknowledge that. So once we identify it, really the solution is how do we fix it? You know, I don't care what you want to name it. It just becomes how do you fix it? And that comes in the form of access, which is one of our mandates. Actually, that is our mandate. How right. to create access within the food ecosystem, not just for BIPOC, but for everybody. And so that has to come through knowledge and resources.
0: Okay, yeah, it's knowledge, it's it's capital.
1: Yes, and
0: also innovation is uh,
1: Absolutely, point. and yeah. And, yeah. and 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 we can't use the same we can't use the same um, tools that haven't been working in in a new environment, the innovation environment and expect different results. Just, just because you rename it, if you haven't changed the eligibility criteria, then we haven't moved the dial. We're, we're, we've just covered it up with, di- with a different, as, as, as we say, face mask, and, 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 and trying to use that to get into the Senate. It's, it's not working. It's not working. So we have to reassess.
0: So curious, in the last two years, I hope, I don't know, I hope there's been some progress. I hope. You know what I mean? There's been there's certainly more awareness for sure. Okay, right. what kind of, op, Pearly? Uh, do you feel or do you see op, the obstacles and barriers starting to come down? Like, what do you what do what are the challenges that what are your, the biggest challenges that face you and your organization? Because you're representing these black entrepreneurs, BIPOC entrepreneurs. What are the biggest? That, that need that needs to need to need to be addressed some of the biggest barriers like how, how are we taking down those barriers yeah
1: so one of one of the things that we're starting to see and i'm i'm a huge proponent of this and this doesn't require us to reinvent the wheel that's the beauty of it is um, larger organizations partnering with smaller organizations like like our non-for-profit and and helping provide access to these spaces that are needed. So for example, there are tons of businesses in the food ecosystem that are underutilized. Um, we need to partner with them. We need to partner them directly and indirectly and directly meaning give access to maybe some production hours within that space. So it makes it available for other food entrepreneurs to utilize that that's, space that's a great because idea. there's such yeah, absolutely. Because there's a shortage. We also need to maybe leverage and talk to government in terms of giving incentives to these larger organizations that get a tax credit in some way, shape, or form because of because of their contribution to help bring up these micro businesses. Because by definition, they are not small businesses. The second thing we have to look at is our definitions. Um, micro businesses that are, are larger in existence are by definition not small businesses. They do not own. They, they do not make $500,000 in revenue. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous to use those definitions by, and trying to entice startups with those benchmarks. It can't be reached. So you're, you're, you're selling me on a dream that I have no way of ever attaining. And so as, as much as I, um, I completely understand what the incentive is, you are killing my ability before I even get out the gate. And so we need to reassess what those definitions are. And more importantly, we need to reassess the eligibility criteria. If you are trying to attract BIPOC women, you have to go back and look at the data and ask yourself, is is making $500,000 in revenue um, an invitation or an exclusion? Because it, unfortunately, it's an it, exclusion. Yes. It, it is an it, exclusion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because the argument is, if I'm making five hundred thousand in revenue, I don't need. I don't necessarily. I'm inclined to borrow hundred thousand dollars if I'm making five. And that is just yeah. from a micro lens, right? From small business, fine. I get that because yes, you're you're driving revenue, but we need to bridge the gap. You know, where, from where we're still in our infancy to. To where we get to our adolescent stage, for the lack of a better word, which is which is defined as small business.
0: That's such a great point because what they really need is the help, is that kickstart, is that kickstart, like that to, to get from zero to to hundred thousand. Uh, absolutely, you know, and, and that doesn't confidence. necessarily. That builds Absolutely,
1: confidence. yeah, absolutely, yeah. and yeah. and by by engaging either larger underutilized. Uh, organizations or corporations or, you know, or food companies, you're not throwing money at something anymore. You're a- it's actually um, proactive and it's a progressive move because everybody thinks, okay, well, I'll give you $10,000. It's not necessarily just giving me $10,000. Exactly. It's giving me the space to actually make the food widgets.
0: That is That's the value. Idea. That's a fabulous idea. So if I'm a multi-billion dollar company, and I use the word the crafts of the world, you know the, the the maple leaf foods of the world. All these the like those are the ones that, I'm talking about them specifically. They just
1: yeah they, yeah, but they, larger they, yeah.
0: When you think big, they're the ones that through marketing, they're the ones that come first. And yes, first. yeah. You know what I mean, there's
1: there's an opportunity for them. Um, you know, small medium enterprises to participate in that, and and it's not a bad thing.
0: It's a and they get, and you know what today, and I, 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 I do see this today is by saying they do it, it turns people on. It builds brand loyalty.
1: Absolutely. Like there's a brand becomes,
0: loyalty. That's right, that be, that because that that becomes the something.
1: contribution. That's right. The, back. And, and the quantifiable contribution, not just saying, oh, that we're doing this. It can actually be measured. The impact can be measured.
0: I don't mean to put you in a spot, but is this things you're lobbying for? Like, do you push that kind of uh, stuff? Like, abso- Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, how many more buildings are we going to build? There are tons of underutilized buildings that could be retrofitted to do that. So I'm, I'm looking for efficiency.
0: Wow, wow,
1: wow. I'm looking for efficiency in production. I'm looking for efficiency in building. You know, um, we, we can't talk about innovation without putting all these pieces together. And every time somebody thinks about innovation, they think they have to build something. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's a tweak.
0: Sometimes it's It's, like you said, it's right there. It's right there. It's it's, It's right right there. (laughs) It's right
1: there. It is right there. And as a country and as a province, we know there are a lot of buildings sitting in this city that are underutilized, that are owned by government.
0: Well, let's put it to use. That's such a good point. Let's put it to use. That's a good point. I want to ask you too. Do you notice the difference between, like when I call food versus natural foods, are these entrepreneurs... There seems to be a shift. and If I'm wrong, towards the sustainable foods, the innovative foods, the natural foods, the organic foods, the healthy foods. That seems to be where the action is. If it, is that when you're, in your in your ecosystem? Is that where it's going? Is that where it's? Uh,
1: uh, absolutely. Um, we have to recognize uh, supply chain has is playing a part in it. Yep. We have to recognize that um, there's food accountability. We, your consumers wanna know where are you buying, who you're buying, how you're buying, where it's being grown, how it's, what's the carbon footprint and what's the brand and what's your give back, okay? And so
0: yeah.
1: um, in addition to that, what we find is consumers also um, want to, to determine, okay, what am I getting? What is my loyalty getting me? Are you making a product that is giving me better memory re- retention? You know, um, delaying my hair turning gray. Am I getting? <laughs> <laughs> am I getting supple skin? You know, they, yeah. they. You know, and 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 this is where we lean into the functional foods. Now, when we eat, we are expecting it to do something. So we're not putting things blindly in our body anymore. We're even being health consciously accountable to ourselves. And so that has now been passed on to the producers. And so this is why the brand story is so important. Because it yeah, helps wow. retain your your customer base in its simplicity. So if I go out and buy Bose headphones, I'm buying headphones because yes, the brand has ha, is known for quality sound. And I know I'm getting a quality product. And I know that they're going their after support is going to be phenomenal. So I don't have to worry. Well, it's the same with food.
0: It's the same it's with not, food. No difference. Okay. You got it down to a science. It, it's food. So- it, it's it's so true it's the brand innovation it's so it's yes. so true so curious to share now you started out it takes time to build these things in your yes you, you know your courts. Any, any are we early stage success stories any any success stories that you have that that you, i'd love to love to hear what, what did you what did everybody learn from all these things and some learnings that can um, to share with the audience. Yeah.
1: There, there are uh, potential products that are going to be coming on the market. I would say within the next six months that could could really be game changers in terms of you know how they're being made. Um, but most importantly, what was the takeaway for the participants that are just coming out of the first cohort? I would say was that the The increased knowledge, the awareness, the ability to create community and the connection that they've been able to foster with their advisors has been phenomenal because they never had that before. And you have to understand it's a little, it's a little, it's being a neophyte where you get thrown in the pool. Oh, I want to make a food product. And then you wind up trying not to sink, figuring out where to buy it. Where, Who am I going to sell it to? Where am I going to make it? What am I going to put it in? And who will sell it for me? And I can tell you this, probably 80% of food entrepreneurs that you talk to went into this based on naivety. Because they always say, if I had known what I know now, I probably never would have started it. But they're already financially invested. So well,
0: mostly there's no mostly turn. Invested. And
1: emotionally mostly as invested well.
0: too, right? and emotionally
1: as well. So there's no turn back.
0: I noticed a lot, well, a lot of times before we end, I've got a good question. When we talk about the, the natural food, the innovative creativity, there's a lot of passion that comes into it. I'm building the best sauce, you know, or my grandmother's recipe. And that's, yep. I get a lot of it. My grandmother's recipe from, uh, yep. from, from, you know, it's really something it's tremendously exciting and tremendously innovative before we go. If people listen to this, listen to this webcast, want to help your organization, or maybe there's an, a, uh, an aspiring entrepreneur that wants to wants to get involved, that wants to how, how do how do people sign up, or what should people do? Like, tell what what should they do if they if they they got they got inspired by this this video and help? Sure.
1: Sure. So for those who want to participate on the, on the pathway, we have a uh, newsletter that they can uh, subscribe to on our website. Sure. And um, there's also an email address for those uh, organizations, corporations who are interested in partnering with our nonprofit. And okay. we are constantly looking for partners because industry partnership is essential to the success of any food product coming to market, Mm -hmm. large or small. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to ensure that that language is consistent, not only for us, but for the food entrepreneurs operating in that space as well. Because what we're saying is, um, you know, food is community. And I say this all the time. And what people are looking for their food has become an experience now. We're looking to replicate this experience in our homes. And the way to do that is to have as many outlets and avenues available for these experiences to happen. But it has to happen in partnership. No man is an island. We can't do it individually. So we have to do it collectively.
0: So the types of uh, supporters or sponsors or partners, they could be the big food companies, retailers. They could be the
1: big food. That's right. Because
0: groceries. That's uh-huh. right. Ingredient suppliers, Unitized, distributors, I got it.
1: Packagers, wonderful. you name it, because they hit each pain point in the journey and we are looking for solutions. For so for that's me. why we welcome that partnership.
0: Look, congratulations to you. And thank you. There will be, before we end, congratulations. You've taken on something. You're innovative. You're taking it. You're making a difference. You're making an impact and congratulations to you. It's, it's a wonderful thing and must be very rewarding. At the same time I'm sure it's it's, it's it can be very stressful because you're dealing yes <laughs> you' it's it's pioneering. well said it's it can be very stressful and God bless you for everything you do
1: thank anything, thank you
0: is there anything that you feel is important that you want to say that we that I did not ask or we didn't ask you feel the audience needs to know before we end anything we want to cover off
1: um I I have to say as food entrepreneurs we want a platform where we can show our abilities and that comes through food. And, you know, uh, everyone has a culture because we all come from somewhere. But the common denominator I've seen is that we all want community. We all want to connect and food is the greatest connector because when you get seated at a table, we want to hear the stories and we want to hear it with food. And so that's that's the message that 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 I want to put out there is that you know um everybody's looking connect to connect and we're doing it through food so you know let's keep the conversation going
0: Janice thank you so much I love this was great very thank very you. Uh, very uh, you showed your passion and and I had a great time I feel your thank passion you. I get inspired thank you <laughs> just this. thank you and have a wonderful uh, have a wonderful afternoon
1: you thank, as well thank you so thank much. you
0: so much.